So, uh, and then after I was interviewed by Oprah, which I didn't solicit or send a business card or anything, it was all law of attraction. I was interviewed by her four times and on her radio show, I was on five times a day. I was Michael Monday, Michael Tuesday, seven days a week. And then my book went to number two. The number one book was Harry Potter. Wasn't even out yet, but the pre-sales. The number two was The Secret. And number three was Michael Loge from Gilligan's Island. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach. And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Julie Boye here, and I am excited to share this episode with Michael Lozier, author of The Law of Attraction and the Science of Attracting More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. This episode is full of so much amazing wisdom and advice. And I want to start by saying, first of all, uh, Michael and I both live here on Turtle Island, which is unceded First Nations territory. I reside in the Stenamux, uh traditional territories as an uninvited guest. And I just want to say thank you to the First Nations people here on Turtle Island who have allowed us to live here and to work here and to have an amazing, amazing place to live. I didn't know that Michael Lose also lived here on Vancouver Island. It was uh, my friend Permelia Parham who introduced me to Michael. You might remember that name as she was a guest on the podcast just a few weeks ago. And so I am truly grateful for the introduction. And I can't even tell you how exciting it is to meet someone who has been your mentor for over a decade and they didn't even know it. I share some of my own stories about how the Law of Attraction book that Michael Lozier wrote changed my life. It is thanks to this book and the worksheets that go with it that I attracted my husband and perfect partner, and we've been married for over 12 years. I share more of that story in the podcast, and I will also link to a blog post that I wrote about how I use the Law of Attraction to bring Dan into my life. Okay, what do we talk about? Oh my goodness. Michael shares a lot of his origin story before, you know, he became this amazing writer uh, at the book journey and all of that. Uh, He talks about his spiritual coming out and how he met Esther and Jerry Hicks. He talks about how he merged the law of attraction and NLP and put together a seminar that he repeated hundreds of times before the book even happened. We talk about back in the day when we used faxing to communicate and teleconference lines. He actually had a business where he would run teleclasses over these conference lines. If you are under the age of 40, you probably don't know what those are, but I certainly remember. So I want to hear from you if you actually remember you know, logging into the conference. You'll hear that in our conversation, how we both laugh at how the technology's come so far, and then how he's actually brought that into Clubhouse today. We get into a pretty deep discussion on how his book came to life. So if you are an aspiring author or maybe an author with a potential second or third book coming out, there's so much great information that Michael shares about this in our interview. We also get into some exciting news about the 20th anniversary edition of the book that will be coming out next year. He gives us a preview of some of the new chapters, what are some of the updates going to be, but a lot of it will also remain the same because, of course, the law of attraction hasn't changed. And he explains exactly what the law of attraction is and how we can work it in our lives. And, oh, we can't forget that he was interviewed by Oprah herself. 
I feel honored that I had the chance to interview someone who was interviewed by Oprah herself four times that me, Julie Boy of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, had the chance to interview Michael Lozier for our audience, for our community, and I am so tremendously grateful. Now, before we dive into this episode, and I know you're excited about it, I wanted to take this chance to just share with you some exciting news that's happening in the Wake Up With Gratitude shop. The 2022 Vancouver Island Sunrises calendar is now available for purchase. If you've been around the podcast for a while, you know that I love to get up and watch the sunrise. I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, and I don't take that for granted. I take photos of the sunrise, and sometimes they take my breath away. And I've put those images in a calendar for you for 2022. There are Canadian and U.S. holidays in this calendar, as well as the phases of the moon, solstice, equinox, and of course, everything else that you would expect from a regular calendar. I'd love for you to stop by and visit the shop at wakeupwithgratitude.com. All of the important links, including the calendar, will be shared in the show notes. There are a lot of resources as well that I'm sharing, thanks to Michael and some of the things that he shared with us in the interview, so I want to make sure you have those links as well. Okay, friends, I hope you're as excited as I was to listen to this amazing interview with Michael Lozier, author of The Law of Attraction, The Science of Attracting More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. Hello friends, welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I am honored to have a very special guest who has had a huge influence in my own life and just might have had an influence on your life too. Please welcome Michael Lozier. Hello. Hey, Julie and friends. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. It's so exciting. Um, thank you so much to our friend, Cromelia Parham, for connecting us. Yes. Um, um, so it turns out that uh, Michael actually lives here on Vancouver Island, which I did not know. Uh, to me, he's been a figure in my life for so many years. I was first introduced to him through his book, The Law of Attraction, The Science of Attracting More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this incredible book, which has sold 3.7 million copies and has been translated into 37 languages. Now, he's also got two other incredible books, uh, The Law of Connection and Your Life's Purpose. Um, He actually, incredibly, was interviewed by Oprah herself four times on her Soul Series radio show. He's a certified emotion code practitioner, and he also has this really great show on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time called the Emotion Code Bro Show. So what I love about Michael is that he didn't just write a book and then, you know, let that go. He has continued to do this work and share this work and be of service to the community for all of these years. And I'm just so excited to have you here. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Listen, can you even believe this? Who believe? Look at the people: Gail King, Maya Angelou, like famous people, and then Michael Loji from Gilligan's Island. I love it. <laughs> it was so funny. They were called open friends. I wasn't friends with anybody there, and I was like, honest, I was the only one that has a self-published book. Every I didn't meet any of the criteria, but the boss wanted me there, so I had my own radio show. And I remember doing seminars on Victoria, some of our Victoria friends, and I would joke about, that was when Dr. Phil was on um, Mondays. It was called Dr. or Tuesday, Dr. Phil Tuesdays. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I want to be Michael Mondays. And I would joke about that on the audience. Hey, who, who thinks Oprah would love me? This was like 20 years ago, literally mm-hmm. 20 years ago. So my book's 20 years old. So, uh, and then after I was interviewed by Oprah, which I didn't solicit or send a business card or anything, it was all law of attraction. I was interviewed by her four times and on her radio show, I was on five times a day. I was Michael Monday, Michael Tuesday, seven days a week. And then my book went to number two. The number one book was Harry Potter. Wasn't even out yet, but the pre-sales. The number two was The Secret. And number three was Michael Loge from Gilligan's Island. It, it actually blows me away because I remember being so proud. I was like, this guy's Canadian. Yes. And his book is doing so well. And I, I, 
I discovered it probably around that time as well. Around 2008 is when I discovered That's it. Right. 2000, yeah. yeah. 2007, yeah. 2008, I discovered your book and I, okay. But before we get into the book, this is a really important part of our podcast is we share a little bit about the, you know, before the law of attraction, before being interviewed by Oprah, yeah. you know, how did you get into this work? I'm curious, like growing up, were you a person who was connected to the energetic and spiritual world? Did this, or does this come later in life? Well, you know, I, 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 I was, I was always different and I'm still different. I'm just very different. So, uh, and I have an older sister and a younger sister that are seven years apart. So guess what? I wasn't hanging around with my sisters, right. you know, it was just too far apart. So I was pretty creative and spent a lot of time by myself and I was overweight. I was fatter and I was a fat kid. And so I learned real young, didn't know what it was called. I learned if I gave attention to bullying and worrying about bullying, guess what? I would get bullied. And I thought, what's up with that? You know, I was going to church with my parents and I was such a good, I never understood how can positive people, I was the nice, I was my parents' favorite. I mean, I did nothing wrong. I never got in trouble. My, you know, like, and, and that didn't make sense. Why would I attract negative things? Of course, we never used that word, you know, 30, 40 years ago, but that's what was happening. And real early, I saw a pattern being worried about being bullied then being bullied and then being nervous to be picked on. It's like, oh my God. And then I got it. And then I remember I was in junior high and I befriended somebody different like me. You know, she was very different. I was physically different and uh, she was Hispanic and I was in an all white school. So we were kind of like in my head, minorities, you know, we kind of teamed up. And I remember getting excited to hang out with her. And then all the negative stuff stopped. And I thought, isn't that weird? Until I gave it attention again. So I understood about law of attraction wow. without that word about attracting negative things. And then I didn't know it was the shift of the positive thing, although I saw a pattern. So, so let's cue the rest of my life. I'm living life and I'm hearing about law of attraction. I'm going to the spiritual centers in Victoria and Nanaimo. And I'm hearing about energy and vibrations and not a lot about law of attraction. Really, 15, 20 years ago, it was a really foreign word. But, you know, so and then I had a friend call me from Vancouver. He said, hey, do you want to go to a seminar in Seattle? And I said, what's it about? He said, just come with me. And I said, is there an agenda? He said, no. I thought, well, that's not my close. I mean, I need to know what agenda, sure. when it starts, when yeah. it finishes, all the tickety boos, right? He <laughs> said, if you don't like it by the break, just leave and come back to the hotel and we'll take the ferry home together. So, um, so I get there and, and woman greets me at the door and there's no flip chart. There's no handouts and there's no agenda, but there's lots of people. And it turns out it was Esther Hicks from Jerry and... Esther Hicks working oh. the door. So I'm in the room and I, and my friend says, just hang like, you know, it's our, it was, it's almost like coming out, right? It's like, it's a coming out yeah. when you want to bring someone to a, a law of attraction event, particularly with, you know, their talent and their skills. Right. Oh. So I think I heard it at 25 minutes in and it changed my life. And here's what I heard. The law of attraction is obedient. It's matching your vibration, whether negative or positive. I was done. That's all I needed to hear. And I went right back and I thought, matching my vibration, my vibes. So the universe isn't very smart. No, it's obedient. You see, law of attraction doesn't have a brain. It doesn't have a conscience. It doesn't know whether it's good or bad for me, whether I want it or don't want it, whether it's, it's not smart. It's obedient. And I was prouder than a pig in poop when I heard that. So then on the way home from the ferry, I was really, my, I was getting goosebumps. Now, I just posted something on Instagram showing goosebumps. So here's, you know what goosebumps are to me? Goosebumps means I am in such vibrational harmony with what I just experienced. The vibration is real. The vibration actually causes the goosebumps. Because you don't get goosebumps when you're ticked off. Oh, my, we're angry. Look at my goosebumps. You know? goosebumps no. so everybody, if you're, when you're listening to this, when you get goosebumps, think, what did I just experience? What did I just learn? What did I just smell or hear? That's what the goosebumps are in my world. So uh, I got the goosebumps. And then on the ferry on the way home, 
I didn't text anybody because it didn't exist, but no. So I ran home to my phone and I called my friend Linda Story, who's an NLP practitioner who used to live in Soup, now lives in Comox. I love that we, you know my names. I do. Um, and I said, Linda, I think I figured something out. She was into NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which is what I wrote in my second book here. Uh, so we met at my house and I said, remember, because we tried, you know, we figure stuff out and I said, Remember, we were didn't we couldn't understand why we attract negative things. I said, "Listen to this." So I told her that one sentence. So we said, so we talked about it on a Sunday, and she said she'd come from Souk, right? So it was a commitment. And she said, "Hey, do you want to meet next Sunday?" So yeah, let's meet next Sunday. And then I started to merge what I understood about law of attraction <coughs> and NLP. And NLP has a lot to do with learning styles and how to present information and how to make models and how to make descriptions so people can really get it. Because as you know, law of attraction could be hard to describe. So I put the two together. I start to develop some, some of the worksheets in my book based on NLP, you know, the clarity through contrast worksheet. And yeah. NLP, that's called reframing. So it's just a reframing technique to help you reframe a negative. So we were having fun like that. And then guess what? Our lives are rich, full, and delicious. Ugh. And we're noticing it. And then people are saying, and then I'd start to use words like I had to come out of the closet many times. And one of them was with law of attraction. And I remember saying, I remember saying, just use the word. Don't get away from what people are going to think about it. It's none of your business. And I started to use the word law of attraction, like it was a foreign word. And it caught people's ears. And they said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And I would say, well, you know how when you think, you know, try to describe it. So QF, a year later, I got 44 people come to my place with cushions and pillows. And when 44 people come to your house on a Sunday, guess what? You've got to be in charge. I thought, oh, they did not come for coffee, right? So then that's when I started to develop the processes and the worksheets and the wow. desire statements. And people were emailing me notes and and oh, I love when you said this. I love when you said that. Here's what I'm attracting. And I had a big box or a binder full of thank you notes and people faxing, faxing. Faxing, yes. Faxing. Oh my God, I'm so old. People <laughs> faxing me their desire statements. And I was pretty pleased. Wow. Yeah. So I'm still working for the government in Victoria. I was a government employee for 10 years. Okay. And I was also a closet at law of attraction guy. <laughs> and at nighttime, I was kind of doing law of attraction. And then in uh, 19, I want to say 1990, I co-founded uh, a called Teleclass International. And these were classes that were held over the telephone on conference bridge lines. You might be too young to know that, but at a time. Oh, no, no. I remember those conference bridge lines. Absolutely. That's yes. right. The beeps yeah. coming in. Well, that's yes. Clubhouse now. That's what Clubhouse is. Yeah. Without the beeps and with more, you know, power. Yeah. Who's on the line, home. right? Yeah, go ahead, go, go ahead, please. Yep. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So Did I actually you trained a one... whole business around that that technology to teach your classes. Uh, yes, I <gasps> I trained one thousand two hundred coaches on how to deliver uh, teleclasses using accelerated learning techniques and the style. So on Clubhouse, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing training. People are used to you know, getting people to give their, I don't, I don't take comments on mine. I'm a trainer. My whole life has been a trainer. Got it. And I actually sold 3.7 million copies of my book. You know how my whole career, I was a professional interview guest. Oh no, I've got yeah. the professional. I didn't know sometimes. <laughs> I was already well, nervous, Michael, when we first you're started. Well, you're a good company that. because Oprah interviewed me four times, yeah, but that's true. you know, sometimes I would be interviewed four times a day. When I first started, it was on traditional radio stations. Yep. And then people start doing like online radio. And now it's podcast. And now, yeah, it's like this. It's video podcast too. So you can tell that I'm not new. Yeah, no, well, yeah. I, I assumed you weren't. Because my question, I guess one of the biggest questions I had about the book is you self-published this book. Yes. So in a time when we did not have social media the way that it is, like, so I'm guessing interviews was a big part of it, but 
Did this is always remain self-published? Like, have you? Been- no, I sold it in 2006, but I want to tell you that story. Yeah, so, I want to hear that story. Yeah, so I have a big binder of all everybody's successes and so on. And, and when I worked for the government, I did a lot of front of the room training, not on law of attraction. So I liked being in front of the room. I liked not being at my desk. You know, if I had to deliver a presentation, I was the first, I'll do it because then I could work on it and deliver it and then get away from my desk. So one time um, I was saw uh, the government had a speaker come in at the end of the day. And this guy was pretty motivational, which they don't really hire motivational speakers. And it was done like at 630. And you know what I know. If you're still in Victoria at 630, you're probably going to be the night or you're going to get to hustle to get the ferry. So I said, are you are you going home tonight? He said, no, I'm staying in Victoria. I said, well, let's go for a walk. You know, I'll take you around to Fisherman's Wharf and stuff. So he was very interested in me. I was had good vibes. And of course, I wasn't using those words back then, right? And I said, I'd really like to do what you do. And you know what he said? He said, well, if you had, a, he said, then write, a, they said, if you had a book, you could speak anywhere. Oh. And I thought, I don't have a book. And then I remember dropping him off and walk, coming to my place. And I thought, you don't have a book, but you have an eight inch binder. So I spent two years taking my eight-inch binder and turning it into my book. Now, my book is, if you don't already know, is a seminar. So I delivered my seminar about 200 times and perfected all of the worksheets, all of the stories. And then all three of my books were seminars first. This this last one, Your Life Purpose, same thing. It was a seminar that I did over and over and over. So I came back to my place and I said, I might have a book here. So meanwhile, remember Q Teleclass International, yeah. I'm running home from my government job at four o'clock to be on a teleclass for five o'clock to talk about what? Law of attraction. Guess who else is talking about it? No one in the world. No. So, and, and I, I just got a website. I mean, that was it. You know, we didn't know what we know now, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And then when I'm on this class, I want to see if people want to pre-order it. So I can do that. So the very first thing I did two years before I needed it was I designed the cover one year. I got the cover designed and I put it on the website. That cover, the cover, yeah, the cover. Does, and when you self-publish, you know what it means? You pay for everything yourself. Yes. So the graphic designer, pay for the license of the image, pay for the proofreader, pay to a writing coach, pay for all the graphics artists. But you know what? When it was done, it was done. So um, I got back and I thought, I'm going to write a book. So I took um, about a year doing teleclasses, telling people there was class notes. Remember, no one's hearing about Law of Attraction and everybody had the goosebumps that I was having. So I said, go to lawofattractionbook.com. Really? Could I be smarter? Lawofattractionbook.com. Back then, you could have anything with the URL. You could probably get um, Nike on a URL, and it wasn't taken back then, right? So I just got what I wanted. So, and I had an email thing. and said, uh, click here to be notified when the book's available. Now, I had no data or anything. I was just doing it. And I'm writing it. You know, I do a a class, you know, and and now network marketing companies are wanting to come on as a guest and big people with big databases. So after a um, a show... I would get like 20 emails, 30 emails. So over a year, I collected, I'm going to say 5,000, give or take, 5,000 email addresses. And I ordered the books from Friesen's, which is a company in Winnipeg. I had a credit card with nothing on it. And I was going to pay for these 5,000 books. Um, So they called me and they said, uh, we're going to deliver the books on Wednesday. It's cash, you know, COD, you know, pay the invoice before, blah, blah. I said, okay, they hadn't paid anything yet. So I thought, okay, I got to let people know, you know, what, I got to sell some books here, right? Yep. So I sent an email on Sunday night and said, hey, the books are on their way. And the books are on their way. And I even, well, well I'm going to tell you another little secret. I already knew what the postage was. You know why? Before I wrote my book, I went to the post office and I asked them, how thick should a book be? Oh my be? gosh. No, I'm not even kidding Michael, you. you are my favorite person right now because I do the same because you know in Canada, if it ships as a letter yeah. through the slot, 
That's the rule. You I are said, so how thick does a book have to be so it fits in a slot? How about this? Oh and my the, gosh. The clerk gave it to me and I went to a chapter's bookstore. You know that name. I measured a book. You know how thick a book can be before it fits in a slot? 144 pages. I actually, <laughs> I think that my, because yeah, my book is like 123 pages. So I did a very similar exercise to you. Like That's right. Yes. Oh my gosh. So smart. So you knew you could ship it as a letter. Yeah. Not only that, when they were cutting the cover, there was excess. So there was this much excess and I got 100,000 bookmarks made. Oh. That had the book cover, and I was I was handing those out like yes. like candy. So, oh yeah, I worked and I learned all these tips from Dan Pointer's book, P O Y N. He's the self publishing god. Okay, and I learned the trip about doing the cover first. I learned the the trick about finding out the post office. So I sent the email out. I thought okay. I was pretty excited. Right, it went out. I woke up the next day and I opened my computer and I thought I had a virus. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness. And of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. You have a new cell. You have an, it was going. This is, I mean, we didn't have, like, you didn't have a Shopify or an Etsy or anything. How are you selling the books? Well, I had a a merchant account because I had a U.S. account from a merchant in the States where I could take credit cards. Yeah. Because people weren't taking online payments. No, you couldn't do that in Canada. No. I had, had, because of Teleclass International, that's why. Oh my gosh. There's so much. I just want to pause for a sec, Michael, in your story, because there's so much about your story that I love so much because so many people want to write a book and that's what (laughs) that's well you know what's interesting to me is that it's not just it the writing the book part like you said is just not the hardest part it's like all the seminars you did 200 seminars took two years to create it you created it ahead of time which is something that I actually learned uh, from Wayne Dyer he talked about in his book process he would create the cover first and put it around another book so he would see the finished book right right in your face and the fact that you were doing things, you said you're very different. Yeah. I mean, you're not only different, you were thinking in ways that at that time, nobody else was doing. You were really, I did not know this part of your story. And it's so powerful to Thank hear you. that, you know, when we take, you took a risk, 5,000 books is not a small amount of books. Like well, the average, it's a risk, but here's my key. It was a calculator. Calculated risk. risk. Yeah. Because between you and I. 97 cents because you ordered so many because I ordered so many and, and I got them printed in Canada and the guy told me he said because I had a different format he said if you make your book a quarter of an inch a, a smaller it'll fit a perfect piece of paper we yes. won't have to so, okay I, exactly. I told him I said you get this book the cheapest and of course I sold 3.7 not all through this printer but yeah. So, yeah, so, and oh. even the back of the book, you know, I had to hire someone to help me write that. I had to yep. hire, look at the old mustache picture. I love the mustache. And, well, here's a little side note. Oh, mine so, doesn't have that. 
Uh, right here on the inside cover. On oh, the inside cover. This is my self-published oh, yes. copy, and you have the publisher's I have the publisher copy, okay. So I just had a meeting with my publisher. They said that, and they use a lot of terms in the industry. It's, it's on the catalog, and it's in the top, all that stuff. They said, your book's 18 years old to them, because I published it in 2003. They bought it in 2006. And they said, okay. we it's one of our top catalog sellers, and it often sells out. Well, I'll tell you why. There's... There's some. There's a podcast host named Andre Frisella. He's like you know the, the alpha male, you know, and he's very. And, and when he talks about my book, he turns into a puppy dog. And I could sell twenty thousand books because of him. Oh my god! So all these, but I don't know that because they're not my books anymore. The publisher looks after them. Right, and then you get, but you're so, still getting royalties. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Royalties is and yeah. to be like, you're in a category of author. First of all, in Canada you're in a, a category of author that is like the 1% of the 1% because Canadian yeah. authors to have your kind of success. It's incredibly, yeah. I love, I love, I'm so glad you shared your story about this Thank because you. it teaches us so many lessons about what it takes to become a best-selling author and yes. what it did. Not only that to build a whole, like you said, this 18 year career, the book is still relevant because the concepts haven't changed. Now, if it's okay, I'd like to pause and share my story yep. about how your book personally impacted my life, because that's why I was so excited to talk to you. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. Awesome. So I, you know, what's funny is I've been in network marketing since 2006. I partner with USANA Health Sciences, and I found out about your book through that community. So it's interesting that you mentioned network marketing. So someone probably from that community had heard about you because you said you were in that community, you know, like people were hiring you to speak. So I got the book and at the time I had, um, I'm divorced from my first husband and I dated a bunch of people and I was like, this is not working. Like I just, it's totally not working for me. And so I got your book. And there are worksheets, which we can talk about, but there are worksheets. And at the time you had a website where you could download these PDFs, which I thought was pretty incredible actually to have, yeah. to be able oh, to no. download a PDF. No. Right? Well, oh, showing off of the PDF. Are you kidding me? Yes. Back then that was show off. That it was. PDF. Cause you had to buy the license to use PDFs at the time. It oh. was crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yes, yeah, so I download these PDFs and I do the work. Let's be clear that books don't work if you don't read them and books like this, if you don't do the work, it doesn't actually work. Yeah. So I did your, your, all of your steps, the clarity, everything. And then I wrote a desire statement for my husband. Now, about seven months earlier, I had done a lot of work as well. I had gone away for a week of personal development, like by myself to read a bunch of books. And I wrote in my journal, a six page, what I know now was a desire statement about what I wanted in a partner. So I took all the things that I didn't want and I put them in the opposite. Like I didn't know this was, you know, what I was doing. And then when I got to your book, I was able to make it more concise and really precise. So I wrote the desire statement on November 25th, 2007. I remember this. Wow. I met my husband on December 13th, 2007. And we, we got together and on our like second date, I pulled out the piece of paper and I read it to him and he was like, this is kind of creepy. I was like, I know, but it worked. It was like, he had to be fluently um, bilingual in French and English. I was living in Ontario at the time, but I'm bilingual. It was really important to me. Had to live within an hour drive of me. He lived with about 30 minute drive of my, where I was. Uh, someone who had a good relationship with his family and was like open to like, including me in their family, Uh, someone who had like big goals and dreams. And then really specifically had to be between five foot 10 and six foot two with brown hair and blue eyes. And my husband is- It's your your desire. You can desire what you want, right? Yeah. So he's six foot two with brown hair and blue eyes and all these other little, like I was, we were reading it together and he was like, this is super creepy. I was like, I know, but here you are. So it was- I mean, we met, we, we didn't even really date. We just got together and, you know, we're here like 13 years later. I I really had such an impact on my life that I've shared it in a blog many, many times I've shared your book and, you know, maybe I had a small little bit to do with all those books that have sold, but I just want to say like what I love and why, one of the reasons that I personally think your book is still so relevant today is because there's action to take. So is that because you built it around a seminar that it became a book with actual action to oh, do? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, self-help means you need to do it yourself. 
right? So when <laughs> Sounds obvious. To, yeah, when people come to a seminar, I'll do, I'll help you with it. But if you can't do it yourself, then it's not a self help book, right? It's an it's an you know. So how do you do? Even with um, um, the last book, it was my biggest challenge because what I thought was a lot of my intuitiveness about this process was actually just well worded questions. So, oh. but I didn't figure that out until some flushed it out. But I want to tell you some good news. Now, you've talked about how relevant my book is. There's been zero changes in 20 years, except for the picture. So my publisher, who I was saying earlier, was giving me so much accolades about my book and has said, we'd like to issue it next year as a new cover, a new everything, a new anniversary issue. And I was so resistant. I didn't tell them that, but I was so, I said, no, it's so classic. And, and I was really pissed off at it. And I thought, you know what? They're going to do all the work. You know, they're going to republish, reissue it, airports, all, and just, so I thought I could have another career. I could have a brand new career. And I was a little resistant. They want, you know, what else can you make it different? We want to take some stuff out. And I was, my feelings were hurt. I said, I'm not taking it out. So I just said, let it go. And then my agent called. She said, have you read the, have you, she copied, you know, I said, I read it. She said, she said, how do you feel? And I said, well, I'll just tell you, and then we're going to process it. And I said, how, why would they want to change the cover? It's such a, I went on and on and on and on. I said, there, I'm done. And she said, I know. She said, but listen, she's my foreign rights agent. She said, <laughs> we can resell this book yeah. to 37 countries. And you know what I said? When do we get started? Yeah. So yeah. the publisher asked for a couple of changes, including the cover and a couple of other things. I swallowed a pill. I said yes. And I thought, this is going to be a negotiation. I'm going to give them a lot of changes and see what sticks. And you know what stuck? Everything. So wow. do you want to hear some new chapters in my book? Of course I do. I know. I'm so it's excited. The first, it's the first time it's being updated. I don't even know. They didn't tell me not to share it, but, you know, I want people to want it. How to write your desire statement so it fits your style. So I've included the four NLP styles and an example of the same desire statement spoken from the different styles. You know how important that was? Those words got to be right for you. Yes. So instead of saying, I feel this, if you're not a feeler, you don't like that sentence. So you could say something, oh, I love the thought of, or, you know, in other words, I expand a whole, and then I get people to take the assessment. So they really understand. That's new. Oh, smart. Next one. How social media affects your vibrations. Yeah. I'm like jumping up and down on the video because this is so important. It is. You know, probably about two months ago, I started to get on Clubhouse and I thought, you know, I don't need to be on everything. So I got off of Twitter because I'd go to Twitter and it wasn't my post, but I was reading a lot of stuff and I don't know why. And I'd get really agitated. And I thought, you are getting agitated on Twitter. And a little voice says, delete it. You don't need Twitter. Twitter did not build your business. So people share stuff and like stuff. Big deal. Get rid of it. And then TikTok was really uh, abusive watching, you know, racist videos and fighting videos. And, and I thought, oh, this is horrible. I couldn't. I got off of TikTok. So um, and then in Clubhouse, you know, Clubhouse is a list of class, a list of different topics. And sometimes you see that it's got 800 people and it's uh, it's argument about COVID and Biden and all this. Stuff. I thought I would not stick my nose in that room. So there's a vibration. So I talk all about that. So it's very interesting. And out of everything I submitted, you know what they said about that section? We want more. They so, loved it. So if you can think of anything I can add oh my gosh. to that, I'd love to hear about let's, that. Okay, so let's talk about this because this is so relevant right now. And in my in my own life personally, because I am in a situation where I have a very different opinion than a lot of people that I work with. And um, I'm in the majority, and I but I just happen to be connected with a lot of people who are in the minority uh, and very vocal. And I would go on Facebook and Facebook has always been really good for me for business. So I don't want to give up Facebook, but I was like, I would get off Facebook and I'd just be mad all the time. And my husband and I would discuss it and we'd be like, oh man, like we'd be mad, not at each other, just mad. So I went and did, uh, the greatest tool on Facebook is they snooze for 30 days. And I snoozed and snoozed and snoozed and, and kept, I probably snoozed 50 people. And yeah. I, I, so, I do that too. My publisher said not to use any 
names like that, but I get it. It's like, just, I don't, you know, you're my friend, but I really don't want to know your opinion about stuff. So I'm going to snooze you for 30 days. But you know what? I think it lasts longer than 30 days. Well, because what happens is because you're not interacting with that person, then they don't show up on your timeline again because you've stopped interacting with them. So then if you really want to get back to a person you've snoozed, you have, they either have to interact with you or you would have to interact with them. We, we and so that's one of my favorite tools to use. And also like you can curate your feed on, I think that's the most important thing is that you can curate your feed on whatever social media. Now you mentioned TikTok. So the first time I downloaded TikTok, I kind of got on the wrong side of TikTok and it was really toxic. And so I actually deleted the whole app and started over. And then I was doing some more training, you know, through my network marketing business, learning about TikTok and, you know, the benefits of that. And talk about curating content, TikTok curates so, so, so niche. And what it is, is that if you want to have a good experience on TikTok, because there is actually a lot of really good stuff on TikTok and there's good things happening and it's a great place to be creative. You have to watch longer the stuff that influences you. So I'm on TikTok now talking about gratitude and the law of attraction and all these incredible things. And I'm watching other people doing similar things. So my experience becomes a lot nicer on that app than it was before. So that's my own personal experience with uh, social media and my vibe. The direction that I'm taking in the chapter, you know, this guy from the book, the vibrational bubble. So I want to talk about when you're, when you're reading something negative about yourself, then it influences your vibration. So all of it is about whether you're reading it or typing it or responding to it or feeding a negative comment or watching people argue or watching people fight. Just reading it includes it. So it's going to be an Iowic intersection. Oh, so excited. Thank you. I want to mention one more thing about social media too that I share often in my newsletter because I do a weekly gratitude love letter. And I mentioned, I said, you know, you're here because you're a gratitude ambassador. And I invite you to ask yourself, how are you showing up on social media? How are you showing up? So not only as a receiver, but as a content creator, how does your content make people feel? Are you lifting people up? Are you raising their vibration? Yeah. Yeah. And there's some people that aren't even conscious that that happens or that that's their vibe or whatever. But anyway, we got to mind our own vibrations. Oh my gosh. Uh, Another section is how to host a five session law of attraction book club. What? Yeah. So I got a workbook and I got how you host every five, what you do in the first meeting, second meeting. And um, I'm assuming people are going to do it on zoom. So this is really without using that word is, you know, online. So my, there was no zoom when I wrote my book. So there's a couple, it's dating itself now talking about zoom. And, and then here is the most exciting new section. I'll let you read it. So it's resistance and so resistance where you have doubt, negative vibes, trapped emotions and block versus allowing. And I love that it's a picture of a faucet. That's right. The, the faucet itself is the resistance. And then when you let it flow, that's allowing. Isn't that's that right. what you just said about right. your, you allowing for your book to be redone for the 20th anniversary? Yeah. Oh, so I haven't finished my story. So they sent everything back and then they loved everything. I just met them and I never talked to the head person, right? And she was going on about your book and she said, I see that book and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you're doing really well on social media. And, and then uh, at the end, she said, you know what? We're going to keep the cover. It's a classic. You're keeping the cover? So we're keeping the cover. Yay! I'm so excited. I am also agreed because it's so, it is, a, it actually, it's to the point where it's iconic. Yeah. And oh it's my a classic, gosh. you know, there's lots of, there's, you know, not, there was only a couple books out. I just saw one today in my closet. I was in there. Uh, 1906. I have a book that has the word law of attraction in 1906. Are you kidding me? Is it the science so, of getting rich or is it? Uh, no, it's a, it's a photocopy book. It's called vibrations and the law of vibrations law of attraction it's an old it's old old sheets of photocopy yeah oh my gosh yeah i think yeah so that's all the new stuff coming up uh and there's another one called how to apply law of attraction to your daily life Mm -hmm. you know it's like people always say well what do you do so i thought well i might as well tell them what i do so there's a little section so i'm excited about all the new sections and it might might rebirth my law of attraction career just not that it needs to rebirth Right now I'm on Clubhouse and it's rebirthed on Clubhouse. <laughs> I just love well, it there. And when you do a relaunch like this, also, it, it, I mean, it's 20 years. It, 
it attracts an audience that wasn't alive when your book first came out. So that's, that's really right. cool. Is that there's an audience that just hadn't heard of you because they just like are you know they're just in their eighteen twenty. Yeah. So okay, so this is a great segue to the one of my favorite questions to ask my guests, which is because you talked about what you do in a daily basis. So yeah. I would love to hear. Of course, we know that gratitude plays a role in law of attraction. So yeah. how does gratitude, uh, like a gratitude practice, how does that show up for you in your life? Right. Well, first, I want to tell you why gratitude it works for people and why it's important. Because law of attraction, this is us. I'm holding up a picture of a person with this bubble around them, almost like this little um, rings. And this is where we house our vibration. And law of attraction is always responding to what you're giving attention to. But law of attraction doesn't know that you're writing your gratitude journal. It's responding to how you feel about when you're writing in your gratitude journal. And law of attraction doesn't know that I could just say out loud, here's what I'm grateful for. Law of attraction is responding to when I'm making my gratitude statements. So that's why gratitude works, because it causes you to deliberately include the vibration. And when you deliberately include the vibration, the law of attraction can only match it. And then you get more of because and it, it was because you were grateful, but it was really because you were sending the vibration of having it. Law of attraction doesn't know what gratitude is, but it's responding when you practice the exercise of gratitude because everything's included. And in short, you get what you vibrate. Oh, I feel that. I mean, the, I've been practicing gratitude now regularly for a decade. Yep. And I know the days when I'm really in that vibration, stuff just happens and I there's never really there's often not an explanation for it just good things come into my life yeah, well, but there it, is an explanation there is, right? yes. that's you know, it my, my book is about law of attraction but the process is about deliberate attraction and what does deliberate attraction mean that you're deliberately exercising because law of attraction you don't have to turn it on hey right. can someone turn law of, it's already on it's like <laughs> a switch you don't have to turn it on so to use it deliberately means that you would be deliberate about what you're including in your vibration. You know, in the book, I say, are you using the word don't, not, and no? Because when you do, you're including the vibration. So to be a deliberate attractor means that you become a deliberate includer. So when you are doing gratitude, boy, that is that is the mother of all deliberate inclusions because it's you're thinking and remembering, talking about something that you love and like, yeah. which causes you to include it. So do you write in a journal? No, no. What's so? What's your kind of practice like? Do you just give thanks like throughout the day, or how yeah. does it show up for you personally? Well, there's a little exercise that I called, and it's called that I practice rather. It's called "Here's what I like about." Oh. So, for example, I had a first-time emotion co-client today. She heard me in a clubhouse. Uh, so here, I'm going to play a little exercise. I'm going to call her Julie. Just pretend. Here and I was I was saying this while I was meeting her. Oh, here's what I like about my new client, Julie. She paid on time, she booked right away, she's early, she's pleasant, she's got a great vibe, she needs my help, she's gratitude, she knows me, we're connected, she trusts me. And while I am playing the game, here's what I like about this person that I'm with, I'm including in more of the vibration. Now, could I say, here's what I'm grateful about? Yes, I'm grateful she paid on time. So whatever the, whatever the way, the exercise. Now, I have some clients, some people from friends that think, oh, business isn't very good. I said, well, then that's what you're getting. So I said, I want you to go through your file folders because some of us use them. And I want you to pull out your top three clients. And I want you and your team to go to the whiteboard and say, here's what I like about ABC. Imagine the whole office. Oh, we love ABC. Remember they sent us the Christmas basket yeah, last year? Yeah, they're great. They pay on time. They're all, and they just gave us referrals. So now the whole office is talking about what, okay, what's our other client? Oh, Betty, bah. You know how many clients we got last? And in that conversation, now the vibration changes. And the only way to get a different result is to send a different vibration. And the only thing that you can control in your life is your vibrations. You cannot control anything except your vibrations. And the way you control your vibrations is that you control what you're giving attention to. Because everything's included. Whether you're complaining or worrying or remembering or pretending, 
or visualizing or observing it or listening to it or watching it or reading it. There is no inclusion. Everything's included in your vibration. Here's what I like about. That's perfect. I adore that. I love that you've taught me a different way to practice gratitude that I hadn't thought of before. And I want to say thank you for that. It's one of the reasons I I love doing this podcast so much is that you know, all my guests have a different way of sharing gratitude and I, I keep learning different ways and I, you know, I'm in business. I have several different businesses that I run, so I will definitely yeah. give that a go. And I truly yeah. appreciate Cause, you for that. Cause, cause it helps you, it helps explain it. So it's not so airy face like, well, here's why that, yeah. and then you could even take something like that because it, we include it, you know, you don't have to be a law of attraction expert to say, if this is what you're giving attention to, it feels good. Then the you know, it, it, it's, it's the explanation to it. Be very helpful. Well, uh, Michael, I have loved our time together. I've learned so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation around the law of attraction and, you know, your journey, of course, to the book and I all like, this. Thing, this I way like that talking you- about the journey, the author's journey from <laughs> Gilligan's Island to Oprah. <laughs> I love that. I I love it because I'm here on the same island. And, mm. you know, I, it's funny because one of the things I thought about when I first moved here, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can like build a speaking career, you know, living here on Vancouver Island. And then I meet you, one of the most yeah. incredible, you know, speakers, workshop leaders, seminar leaders, who's created a really long, beautiful career. And like you said, you're almost relaunching it again. So it's next year that your book's coming out? Uh, 2022. Yeah. Oh, next year. Okay, perfect. So in the yeah. meantime... Where's the best place for people to find you? Well, if you live in Victoria, there is Russell Bookstore. They have it, my book at a good price. And of course, you can get it, uh, ask for it at bookstores or amazon.com if you have Prime. You know, I don't even sell books myself because right. trying to ship them doesn't make, nobody wants to pay $8 from Victoria when, you know. So uh, I acknowledge that Amazon has taken up a lot of bookstores, but you can always order them from your local bookstore. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm truly grateful. It was such a pleasure to meet you and I really enjoyed our time together. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Okay. So if you're new to the podcast, you might not know this, but if you stick around right to the end, I share a secret with you. Well, I thought it would be fun to share with you the actual desire statement that I wrote back on November 25th, 2007, for my ideal relationship. So this is directly from the book, Law of Attraction, The Science of Attracting More of What You Want and Less of What You Don't. And this is what I said on the form. So I'm in the process of attracting and allowing all that I need to do, know, and have to attract and allow my ideal relationship. I love knowing that my ideal relationship is with a man who is looking for a committed relationship and lives within a one-hour drive. I love how it feels when my partner is affectionate and loving and when we make love. I've decided that my ideal partner is only six years older or younger than I am and that he is fluent in French and English. It excites me to think about being with a passionate partner who lives life with passion and purpose. I love the idea of a partner who is financially independent, who is working towards financial freedom. I love seeing myself with a partner who is single and enjoys being physically active It excites me to be with a partner who can dream big and has many exciting goals for theirs and our lives. I love seeing myself with a partner who inspires me every day. The law of attraction is unfolding and orchestrating all that needs to happen to bring my desires. Two weeks later, I met Dan, who is now my husband, and we've been married for 12 years. And there's so many things on this short list that align exactly with who Dan was at the time, who he is as a person. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for this process that, you know, brought me my ideal partner within just two weeks. All right, friends, thanks for sticking around. And I hope you'll choose to subscribe to the podcast so that I can continue to share so many stories of gratitude and success and kindness and love with you. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. 
If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.